Today is May 7th, 2021, and our first story, the jobs report has come in and it is the worst miss we have seen in 23 years. We were expecting a million jobs, only 266,000 came in and unemployment actually went up. But to make things worse, apparently there are 7 million job openings, an increase, but people just aren't taking the jobs, suggesting that Joe Biden's plan to keep giving people money not to work will result in people not working. And this is very dangerous for our economy. In our next story, armed leftist groups shut down a street in Portland and a man trying to get past ended up drawing a gun after they raised rifles to him. It's getting worse and it's getting scary, which brings us to our last story. The feds have indicted the four officers in Minnesota with new civil rights charges. It just seems to be getting worse. Before we get started, leave us a good review. If you like the show, give us five stars. And if you really like the show, please share it with your friends and family to help the show grow. Now, let's read that first story. When CNN refers to the latest job report as a major disappointment and the president is a Democrat, it must be really bad. On CNN, they said the job report for April was the biggest miss in 23 years. They were expecting to add about a million jobs, but only added about 266,000. Now, where it starts getting a bit more worrying is that unemployment actually went up, but job openings also are up. Something is happening where there are jobs and people aren't doing them. Could it have something to do with enhanced unemployment? The U.S. Chamber of Commerce says we got to stop giving people extra money to not work because they won't end up working. Of course, Joe Biden says, no, no, none of this. It's just it's the pandemic. And then I'll go back to what CNN said. Major disappointment. I know I made the joke that CNN should be uh, praising the Democrat. What they're actually saying is it's the pandemic. Yes, the pandemic is still turning the job market on its head. Sure, technically, but in March, Joe Biden said that the increase in jobs was proof that what he was doing was working. Why isn't it working now? Normally, I wouldn't report on something like a jobs report. I don't really cover this kind of stuff. But the bigger issue at play is the economy and the impending disaster. So saith many financial advisors, billionaires and the so-called experts. They're warning that inflation is on the way. Joe Biden says, no, 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 I'm not worried about it. They said there could be a market crash 30 percent down. And then I'll tell you what the craziest thing is. The rumors circulating on the Internet have made it to the actual mainstream media play. Bill Gates's divorce. Could this actually be more about saving his own assets and not about actually divorcing his wife? Could it have been something similar with Jeff Bezos? How is it that these titans of industry, some of the wealthiest people on the planet, all of a sudden just getting a divorce out of the blue? Well, come on. Sometimes people just get a divorce. And I don't care if you're rich or poor. Sometimes people get divorced. But now there's an interesting article from I believe it's from Market Watch saying, could this have something to do with a pending market collapse? And they're trying to liquidate their stocks without anyone becoming suspicious. If the market was about to collapse and they're holding on to these stocks, they certainly want to get rid of them and buy something else. But they can't because if they do, then people would be like, why is Bill Gates dumping a whole bunch of these stocks? Why is Bezos dumping a whole bunch of these stocks? It could cause a panic. What if there's a divorce? Ah, well, you know, the judge said I had to do it. 
Now, it's just a rumor. I don't know if any, any of that's true. But what's particularly fascinating there is that people thought Bill Gates only gave his wife, Melinda, about 600 million when it's actually now being reported around 2 billion or so, 1.8 to 2 billion. In which case, many people are now starting to hype up this rumor that the divorce is actually because the market is about to implode. The US dollar is going to inflate like crazy. And so, well, they don't want to be holding stocks when the market tanks. I don't know if that means they want to hold US dollars because I know I don't. But then you take a look over at Bitcoin and Ethereum. Have you been paying attention to the massive price explosion? Dogecoin up 12,000%. It's just a meme. I suppose for a lot of people, holding onto a meme is better than holding onto a US dollar. Maybe this jobs report being a major disappointment is a warning sign to everybody. Far be it from me to know exactly what's going to happen because I am not an economist nor a financial advisor. So I'll just give you my thoughts on what's happening. But when I see a story where even CNN business is like, this is bad. Uh, it starts to get me worried because, you know, they, they love to prop up the Democrats, don't they? Let's read what's going on with this jobs report. Let, let me show you why this may be happening, because people think the government's paying people not to work and how that may actually end up, I don't know, kind of nuking the economy and what that will mean for you before we get started. Head over to TimCast.com, click the beautiful members only button and huge announcement. We now have Stripe integration. If you'd like to become a member at TimCast.com to support my work in the event that we get banned or suspended, you will be able to find our content here and we could use your support by being a member. You will also get access to the members only section where we have a whole bunch of really awesome segments you can see only for members. Last night, I talked about how Venezuela hacked my friend's Facebook so they could spy on me. And it was really creepy. You can see this photo. I'm holding up the phone showing that this, these hacked messages came in. You're not going to want to miss this one. So go to TimCast.com, become a member. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Take that URL, post it on the internet, wherever you can, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, hit the notification bell. Let's read the story from CNN Business. Major disappointment. America added way fewer jobs than expected in April. The pandemic continues to royal America's economy, setting the job market on its head. Employers looking for workers are having trouble finding them, while many laid off Americans remain on the sidelines waiting for a return to normal. It's a confusing mess that's confounding employers and economists alike. Why? Because there's like 7 million available jobs. It's going up and people won't take them. Could it be? I don't know. We're paying people not to work. So why would they? Come on. If someone said, I'll give you 400 bucks to flip burgers, or I'll give you 300 bucks to chill at home and read Harry Potter books, which one would you pick? Now, I know most of you are probably saying I'd prefer to be fulfilled and actually have a purpose. Sure. But a lot of people are going to be like, eh. look, the Harry Potter book thing, a joke. But if someone said, I'll pay you 300 bucks, it's less than you're going to be receiving from working and you can do whatever you want. You're supposed to be looking for work. But a lot of people are going to be like, I could paint. I could play music. I could work on that jigsaw puzzle I never finished, or I can just do what I feel like doing. It's kind of an indictment of universal basic income, mind you, paying people not to work. Hey, it works because then people don't work. They said the U.S. economy added only 266,000 jobs in April on the anniversary of the worst job loss for any month on record. That was way that that was far less than forecasts of economists who had predicted America had 1 million jobs last month. The unemployment rate rose 
to 6.1% in April, up from 6% a month earlier, as more people return to the labor force to look actively for work. I love how they do this. They're like, the only reason the unemployment rate is going up is because people are now actively looking for work. That's the stupidest way to track this information. I don't care if, it, if it's true or not. It's a ridiculous framing device. So you mean to tell me the unemployment rate is actually worse, but because people have given up, you're acting like it's better? Get out of here with this. They say, it was the slowest improvement for jobs since January. Experts predicted that the vaccine rollout and the reopening of the economy would jolt hiring. In normal times, adding 266,000 jobs in one month would be a solid performance. But nothing is normal in this pandemic era. And America is still down 8.2 million jobs versus February last year before the COVID-19 hit. The disappointing April jobs number shows the road to recovery from the pandemic remains bumpy. I love how they're like, look at the pandemic continues to royal America's economy. Market watch from April 3rd. <laughs> I love this. It's like a month ago. Biden touts seeing more new jobs created in the first two months than any administration in history. Ah, bravo, Joe Biden, cheering on the rapid job expansion. I'm not going to pretend like it's Joe Biden's fault. OK, I understand the pandemic did have a very serious negative impact on the economy. And I can't expect, you know, uh, anybody to, to be at fault for the most part. You know, when people were complaining the economy was down and they're like, look at all the jobs we lost under Donald Trump. I'm like, shut up. It's a pandemic. They locked down all the businesses. You can't blame Trump for that. In the year prior, what was what was Kramer saying over on uh, on CNBC? Like or hate Trump. These are the best numbers of our lives on jobs. December 6, 2019, only a few months before the pandemic hit. It was glorious. People were making tons of money. They were very excited and very happy. Now, because of the lockdowns being lifted, jobs come back and then everyone's like, Trump killed all our jobs, but Joe Biden brought them back. It just stop. Now, why are we seeing why are we seeing unemployment go up a little bit? Well, it could be because people are actively looking for work, which seems stupid, a stupid way, to, like, like, like I mentioned, a stupid way to track things. But maybe that's the case. But why aren't people taking these jobs that are available? Why is job growth stagnant, like around a quarter of what they thought it was going to be? Could it be that they are preparing to just keep giving more money? $300 weekly unemployment benefits. Extended payments are coming. What you need to know. Biden's got $2 trillion to give out. Why would someone take one of these jobs if that's the case? They're probably going to be like, eh, you know, I can chill and hang out with my friends. I'm also seeing posts where people say they refuse to take jobs unless they're remote. And there's a funny post where someone said, yo, my, my it was a Twitter post. And the guy said, my, my company announced remote work is ending and people started quitting. The revolution is here. Sure. The only reason they're able to quit is because they're going to get free money. That's funny. It's, it's, it's free, but they're actually borrowing from themselves. What do you think is going to happen if Joe Biden keeps doing this? If people aren't working, not producing anything, but there's a massive influx of cash into the system, prices will go up and they are. And that means your savings will become worthless. That's right. Let me slow down for a second. If you've got 100 bucks in the bank and that can buy you 100 widgets, well, after they keep printing all this money in six months, you'll only be able to buy half as many widgets, meaning your savings is worthless because your buying power is effectively being transferred to those who aren't working. So Biden can be very proud of the jobs he created. But now all of a sudden it's like, it's not my fault. On CNBC, they said, the April jobs report was the worst miss in 23 years. The worst miss we're told since 1998. Absolutely amazing. When asked, 
Do you believe enhanced unemployment benefits disincentivized people from getting back to work? Biden said no. Take a look at this from Trading Economics. United States job openings, NSA. They, they, they show the latest numbers for, uh, for 2021. 7 million, what is it? 7, 7,151,000 job openings. But people aren't taking them. I mean, that to me is... Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. I mean, that's bad news. You know, jobs are available, but people have become entitled. I don't want to work a minimum wage job. I don't want to work at a restaurant. And I'm seeing more and more memes about this from the left. There's one where it's, uh, uh, you know, you know, the meme where the guy's riding the bike and he puts the stick in the front tire and then flips over. It's like employers saying now hiring. The next one is them putting the stick in the tire and it says $10 an hour. And then the next one, when the guy's falling over, he's saying something like, why won't anyone take these jobs? I don't think y'all realize it has nothing to do with how much they're paying. It has, well, it technically does, but it has a lot more to do with the fact that the government is going to just be giving people money. Jeff Stein says the White House believes today's job reports illustrates the importance of providing robust unemployment support with millions of Americans still out of work, a senior administration official says. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce disagrees. They're like, dude, you're paying people not to work. That's going to keep happening. Rebecca Rainey tweets, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is calling on lawmakers to end the $300 supplemental boost in UI benefits. Based on the chamber's analysis, the $300 benefit results in approximately one in four recipients taking home more in unemployment than they earned in working. For immediate release, they say, the following statement can be attributed to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Executive Vice President and Chief Policy Officer Neil Bradley. The disappointing jobs report makes it clear that paying people not to work is dampening what should be a stronger jobs market. We need a comprehensive approach to dealing with our workforce issues and the very real threat unfilled positions poses to our economic recovery from the pandemic. One step policymakers should take now is ending the $300 weekly supplemental unemployment benefits. Based on the chamber's analysis, the $300 benefit results in approximately one in four recipients taking home more in unemployment than they earned working. What do we see from the left? The memes are like, if you can't afford to pay someone more than they would earn in unemployment, then you're not paying enough. No. McBurgertown or whatever is competing with the government and with not having to do anything. 
Don't give me that. These people think that there are people who don't want to work simply because they're not being paid enough. Dude, I know people who would take $100 a month if it meant they didn't have to do anything. If they got just enough to cover the, 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 the small amount of money they got to pitch to sleep on their friend's couch, they'd be like, well, I got a place to live. Now I can go outside and just sit there. I know a lot of people. Why? Because I've been a skateboarder my whole life. I know tons of people who work the bare minimum just to get enough to pay the rent so they can go and hang out and skateboard. And you know what? I get it. More power to them if you want to live that way. But they still have jobs. They work as much as they need to. It's like that old, that, that old, that old uh, story about the fisherman in South America, and he doesn't work that much. He only catches a few fish. And then the industrialist sees him, and he's like, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but he's like, why don't you fish more so you can have more money? And the guy's like, I just want to chill with my family, and this is more than enough that I need. I know people who would go and work like one or two days out of the week, make just enough to cover their rent and food, and then just go skateboard. What do you think happens when you go to these people and say, how would you like to not work at all? Because we're going to give you supplemental unemployment benefits where you're actually going to be getting a little bit more than you would have had you actually taken a job and then, you know, got to work. They're going to be like, cool. And they're going to go hang out and they're not going to work. The problem is, as much as a lot of these anti-work people think you shouldn't have to have a job, you do. The entropy exists. The system isn't permanent. Like, it, it's not, we don't live in a magic in, uh, world of infinite resources. Things need to be done. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of arbitrary jobs that I think are really stupid. But paying people not to work is a very bad idea. And it's why I've never been a big fan of UBI. Interesting idea. Thought about it. Used to be for it when I was younger, then just did math, and now I'm not for it. Of course, a lot of the Yang proponents, because I, I, I supported Yang definitely. I wasn't a big fan of UBI, but he had a lot of good comprehensive policies. They, they don't want to accept it. They seem to think that in, uh, an influx of currency into the system will result in more demand, which will result in a better economy. The problem is you ignore the fact this means some people still have to work and others don't. You think it means that people will choose to work when they don't have to. If you give someone a universal, this, this has been like one of the best universal basic income experiment, uh, experiments we've seen in a long time. If you guarantee people a thousand bucks a month, they're getting more than that under this employment, they're getting 300 bucks a week plus. If you guarantee them this revenue and then say, okay, well, you know, Burger Town needs someone to flip burgers. And I'm, I'm making, I don't know if there's an actual Burger Town, I'm just saying a burger store. They're like, okay, we're going to pay you 10 bucks an hour. And they say, hey, I make more money not working. Well, everyone says, okay, but UBI would result in people supplementing their income, right? Because with unemployment, you lose the unemployment. So why would you lose it? Okay. So now you got someone who's like, I'm getting paid a thousand bucks a month. Why should, I, why should I take a job that pays me a thousand bucks a month? I'm good. I'd rather have free time. So Burger Town says, all right, we'll give you 2000 a month and we'll raise the price of all the burgers. Now the local contractor is like, I'm going to go for lunch and his lunch costs, you know, double. And he goes, wow, I got to charge more to my boss. It's called inflation. Takes away from people's savings. The government can't just influx all this money into the system. But that's certainly what the left seems to think. Now, Biden, in a recent speech, rejected inflation warning from Janet Yellen when he addresses some loose talk about the economy lately, namely that we should stop helping workers and families out of fear of overheating the economy. Well, I mainly wanted to highlight the fear of inflation. I think it's very important to point out because it's happening. Before I get more, and I do want to make one more point to, to be fair as I can be. Education secretary expects all schools to fully reopen in person in fall. Now, it may be that people aren't working because we're paying them not to. It may be that this massive influx of cash will result in hyperinflation, and I think it will. But it's also fair to point out 
There are a lot of people who aren't going back to work, not because they're being paid not to, but because they have kids and the kids would normally be in school. I don't know what the reason why I'm not a big fan of that argument is because I know a lot of parents who are like, you can handle it. My kids are responsible. I don't see it. I don't see it as a big deal if some like, you know, younger kids aren't in school and are, you know, taking care of themselves. I suppose, however, under the age of 12 and maybe doesn't work, but there's also hiring babysitters. So I'm not a big fan of this argument. A lot of people have brought it up. I'm not a big fan. What I do think we have to worry about is regardless of what's happening, you have a lot of people who have an opportunity to take a job they won't take. All right. So we we see there's 7 million jobs. People don't want to take them for whatever reason. We know that people are getting paid, which means there's a massive influx of cash into the system with no labor to actually pr- provide value for what this currency is doing. To put it simply, if I do work to grow food and then some dude shows up with just a number on a piece of paper the government gave him, he did nothing, and I trade for that, I'm like, now I have value. My labor has value. But that person didn't provide anything to the system. So now I'm trading with someone in exchange for literally nothing. It doesn't work the way that people think, where they're like, just having money in the system will create more demand. It will, but you are putting more money into a system without exchanging anything. So the amount of hard material service and labor goes down because it's being spread out among all the people, but the amount of currency to buy things goes up. Sorry, what you're saying makes no sense. It's going to devalue the currency. Gas is skyrocketing. Corn is skyrocketing. Lumber, steel, chicken, everything is going up. We knew the bill would come due. We said it would last year, and here we go. Now, you keep paying people not to work. I think we're in for a wild ride. Why do you think Ethereum skyrocket? You know what Ethereum is, right? You guys know what Ethereum is. Ethereum is a cryptocurrency, and you build apps on top of it. It's very amazing technology. A couple months ago, where, where, where are we at? Let's, let's, let's do this. Let's jump to uh, one year. If we go back to February, January 30th, Ethereum was at $1,300. You go back to January 1st, Ethereum was $700. Why is it now at $35.54? Now, a lot of people might say, well, you know, people are now discovering the true value of crypto. Oh, come on. We've, we've known about crypto for a long time. Why did Bitcoin jump from like 13000 last November to 60 something thousand now? Maybe it's because people are worried about what's going to happen to the U.S. dollar. Maybe people are worried that the government keeps pumping dollars into the system and inflation is inevitable. That means, like I explained, if $1 can buy you a widget right now, in six months, it won't be able to. You'll need another dollar. Your savings will become worthless unless you take that dollar now and you buy cryptocurrency. I'm not telling you to buy it. I'm saying if you did, if you bought something of value that retained its value, gold, silver, Bitcoin, whatever. I mean, honestly, I like investing in things I can actually use. Uh, I like investing in hard goods that last for a long time that have a function because they retain their value always. In fact, they might skyrocket when shortages emerge and it becomes harder to produce. It's possible that the dollar takes a major hit. People are buying cryptocurrency because it's a safe haven. Because these currencies are deflationary, the dollar is inflationary. And so it just makes sense. There is an actual uh, way to track when Bitcoin is going to go up in value. People are saying that by March of 2025, there's going to be something called a halvening where the rewards diminish for a Bitcoin mining. Basically, it means you're going to see a doubling of the value of Bitcoin. People are tracking on this. They're buying and getting ready for it. Bitcoin probably will. I think Bitcoin will reach a million bucks. So what are how are people reacting? Well, 
Krugman wonks out breaking bad when the Fed fights inflation, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, inflation is in the news. It's in the New York Times. Janet Yellen has been warning about it. That's my understanding. And Janet Yellen's totally reasonable yet PR problematic remark, the Fed might respond to an overheating economy by moderately raising interest rates. There is concern about what's to come. And now there are rumors circulating that may or may not have anything to do with this. Take a look at this article from the New York Times. I'm sorry, from the New York Post. Bill Gates gave $2.4 billion in stock to Melinda on day of divorce announcement. What does that mean? Well, perhaps it's just they grew tired of being around each other. They said, you know, at this point in our lives, it's time to move on. And they got a divorce. Because of this, Bill was like, okay, Melinda, I'm going to give you billions of dollars or or billions of dollars worth of a, a stock because they're splitting up. You know, people get divorces. And she's probably happy with 2.4 billion. I don't know if she needs any more than that. I don't know if Bill does, but uh, they have it. They exchange it. What's interesting is that everybody thought it was uh, uh, 1.8. It was $600 million more than initially believed. The Post and others reported earlier Wednesday that Gates shuffled $1.8 billion of stock to Melinda through Cascade Investment, a holding company that the Microsoft co-founder formed to manage his financial assets. The transfer included more than $1.5 billion in shares of Canadian National Railway and over $300 million in AutoNation stock. Those transfers, which occurred on Monday, were publicly disclosed on Tuesday. These are massive transfers of wealth. Now, maybe it's just because they're getting a divorce. But here we go, baby. Here's the story from MarketWatch. Bill and Melinda Gates' divorce was a predictable market phenomenon and bullish for GameStop, Allow us to explain. Wait, 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 what? March 4th? What are they saying? Let me simplify and then we'll read this. The rumor is Bill Gates wanted to liquefy his stock. He wanted to get his stock out before market crashed. He wanted to maximize the amount of value he can get from it. But if he started selling like crazy right now and Bezos as well, people would be like, yo, wait a minute. These people can't just sell. This 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 is Bill Gates, right? He is Microsoft. This is Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon. When they start selling their stock, confidence crumbles. So right now, you know about Bitcoin, right? Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonym for the person or people, whoever created it, apparently have a million Bitcoin they've never touched. And a lot of people are happy that's the case. Because when that starts moving, people might lose confidence in Bitcoin, so it'll probably never move. Bill Gates, the founder of these companies, all of a sudden is going to start transferring a lot of the stock value. And people are suspecting it's because the market is about to implode. Now, this may be scuttlebutt on internet forums and rumors, but allow me to read marketwatch.com. They say, the end of Bill and Melinda Gates' marriage is just the first in what will be a slew of billionaire divorces. And it's all bullish for GameStop stock, which is interesting. They say, It was just another Tuesday on retail investor social media. The announcement that Bill and Melinda Gates are divorcing caught the whole world by surprise. But by Monday evening, members of the Reddit board r slash GME had unearthed an almost two month old post by user JoeBomb3 tying a spike in borrowed GameStop shares to the likelihood that billionaire hedge funders and their wealthy investors were increasing their short positions as part of a plan to prepare for their impending divorces. Interesting. Now, that what this article is saying is that they were buying these shorts because they were expecting a divorce to come soon. On the morning of March 11th, a Reddit post pointed, pointed out that more than 1 million GameStop shares had been borrowed in pre-market action. 
a signal that pro GameStop Redditors interpreted as a signal of a new skirmish in the ongoing conflict between hedge funds trying to short GameStop into oblivion and regular Joe investor hell. I'm sorry, regular Joe investors hell bent on proving that the video game retailer is fundamentally undervalued. Quote, another 1 million shares borrowed from ETFs in pre-market blared a Reddit post headline that morning with a screenshot appearing to show the availability of GameStop shares from ETFs exposed to the stock. Minutes later, Joe Bomb 3 piped up with this theory. I think they are just buying time to secure their personal assets, moving them to offshore or divorce their wives and put the money in their name. Tricks like that. At least that's what I would do. Now here's my question. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Why would all of a sudden a bunch of billionaire hedge fund people get divorced? Like the divorce seems to be a reaction to something, not that a bunch of people would all of a sudden get divorced. MarketWatch is saying we may see more billionaires get divorced because they're buying all of these, sh- 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 these short positions to protect their assets. Could it be that protecting their assets is in response to something else and the divorce is the means to an end, not the end itself? Right. So let me let me clarify what they're saying is they think billionaires just happen to want to be divorced right now. They want to leave their wives. They need to find a way to protect their assets in the event they do. No, I think something is causing these billionaires to divorce their wives, but I don't know for sure. They say, while the comment did not receive much attention on March 11th, it blew up late Monday after news of the gates split dropped and users clamored to give Joe Bomb three credit for seeing the bombshell. What else does the prophet know? replied one user late Monday night. Bill and Melinda Gates is just a start, posited another. My man got all the infinity stones at another. Those comments quickly turned into a bull case for GameStop's value, with users coalescing around the theory that Bill Gates getting unhitched is a huge data point in support of Joe Bomb's thesis, that at least some wealthy short sellers of GameStop are fighting the short squeeze as a cover to protect their assets from the possibility of a market implosion that will lead to an army of greedy future ex-spouses. Or could it be the market is going to implode? They want to sell stock without anyone noticing. So they're going to get divorces. Oh, yeah, we're getting divorced. Remember when Mark Zuckerberg said he was giving all his money away and everyone reported like, wow, Mark Zuckerberg giving his money away. He transferred a bunch of his stock, I guess. I don't remember the full story to an LLC. Everybody said he was giving it away, but what he was really doing, it was protecting it in the event he transfers it to his kids or something. People were saying that it was a way to get past the, the inheritance tax. So you, you don't, don't believe these people are all just good people. You know, 
These divorces may be tricks. I don't know for sure. They say rickety markets have historically been bad indicators for hedge fund managers and seeing two of the wealthiest men in the world, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos, announcing the ends of their long marriages in less than two years time can be interpreted by the willing as a trend that is still kicking up steam. But while but while tying the coming joy of white shoe divorce lawyers to GameStop's performance might seem difficult, it was easier than it might appear to GameStop's Reddit army. Maybe not directly to GME, used one user, but Bill Gates probably has money tied up in hedge funds and other investments that are going down when they all get liquidated in the market crashes. So what they're thinking is there's something going on where there's something called like naked uh, short selling. There's buying more stock than is even available. Betting a stock will fail. And it seems like some people think that's going to result in a market crash. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that will cause the market crash. Regardless, a bunch of divorces are happening. Maybe the GameStop rebellion triggered all this. Maybe now we are see- we're going to see more divorces because these big hedge fund billionaires are like, I'm about to lose everything when these calls come in. So I'm going to divorce and then have to be forced to sell. And oh, no. Oh, woe is me. I don't know. I'm not a psychic. They go on to say, while any GameStop exposure, either direct or indirect, in Gates' portfolio is difficult to see, the stock is having an interesting day. After falling more than 5%, GameStop bounced back in afternoon trading and closed the day down just under 1%. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't see the future. I can't tell you what to do. I can't give you advice, but talk to a financial advisor. I'll tell you what I'm doing. Uh, I'm buying more crypto. I'm looking into buying more gold and silver specifically because a lot of people are concerned that even crypto isn't... uh, um, the safest bet. Like Dogecoin, for instance, is an inflationary uh, coin. You've, you've probably heard of Dogecoin. It just keeps going up. There's there's no end to the supply. People can keep making it. So might not be a good idea. Gold and silver seems to be a good idea, which I already have some. And I'm looking into getting more. Surprisingly, over the last year, there's a big shortage. And we'll see. I, I don't know what the best bet is. I don't. Property, maybe. Uh, I have no idea. Some people are saying the housing market's going to crash. If the market takes a hard hit, We'll see what that means for everybody. But usually what I do, I like to take a look at what the richest people are doing. Those who know the system works and have gamed it miraculously, spectacularly. And I like to say, okay, I'll just do what they do. There are people who literally just buy and sell whatever Warren Buffett does. They're like, eh, well, this guy seems to be right. And they may be late to the party. They may not make as much money as he does because they're behind him. But they still make money, right? The market may collapse. People have been warning. I wonder what's to come in the next month or so, but I hope you're paying attention. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. I don't know if this is escalation, but it certainly feels like things are getting getting dangerous and to the point where, you know, I think my move out of the cities is justified. It's funny because you can simplify it And I was accused of fleeing the Philadelphia area for being scared of Antifa, which is uh, over and dramatic simplification. I'm not worried about Antifa. I am worried about unrest in general, but more importantly, societal breakdown. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's even a 1% chance. I'm just saying, you know what? I want to be outside. I want to be in the middle of nowhere. I don't want to deal with the ridiculous lockdowns. I want to be able to go out to eat. I'm going to go to the middle of nowhere and just have my own space. It makes a whole lot of sense. But what we're seeing out of Portland is, is is freaky, and I think it's a good example of why you guys need to get out of cities. 
In the story from RT, Russia Today, they say armed standoff at Portland protest turns into scuffle after motorist and volunteer security aim guns at each other. Oh, let's break this down first. Let me just say, I'm not a big fan of Russia Today. I, I, I don't want to use this source. But they're the only source that I could find reporting on what happened. Now, I do have this statement from the Portland Police Bureau talking about what happened, and we'll pull that up. But we actually have an article with videos. Here's what happened. A group of leftists, some of whom were armed with rifles, were apparently patrolling around the, uh, the city. Some kind of protest action, they say. Eventually, I guess they were obstructing a roadway and a man in a truck pulls up. At some point, because we don't, we don't see this in the video, the man draws a gun and holds it at low ready. So he's pointing the gun down, but he's ready to fire. The armed leftists then raise their, their guns to the, I believe, to the ready position is what's called. They're pointing it straight at him. They are training their rifles on him saying, don't do it, don't do it. At some point, the man gets out of his vehicle. There's a scuffle. He then raises his weapon right up to the people who are already pointing their guns at him. They tackle him. They yell, get the weapon, get the weapon. Now, I got to be honest. I, I assumed I, had, I would predict something like this, right? I was like, I see what's going to happen. You're going to get armed groups. But to be fair, I said it was going to be right-wing groups. I have repeatedly said over the past several weeks, it will be right-wing groups setting up patrols and blocking streets. And it was stupid to think so because the left had already been blocking streets in their cities. So naturally, the next evolution of this is that the right isn't doing it. It's a guy in a truck, sure. But why is this guy living in Portland? You know what's going to happen? This guy's going to get serious charges. The Antifa people are not going to be charged with anything. So I've had people ask me, Tim, you've been saying abolish the police. You're just saying a cab at this point. No, I'm not. I don't think all the cops are bad. I think that right now what you're going to see is the police will come to a situation like this in Portland and Seattle. They'll just let Antifa go. They won't even bother arresting them. In New York, Antifa didn't cooperate with police and the Proud Boys went to prison. What's going to start happening is as conservatives and regular people defend themselves legally and constitutionally with their right to bear arms, the police will arrest them and they will go to prison and the far left will continue, continue patrolling the streets with rifles. So my attitude is this. All right. You know what? If the cops are going to be neutral arbiters of the law and send you into the hands of politicized district attorneys who are going to lock you up for simply defending yourself. Now, nah, we don't want none of that police stuff. We don't. I'm sorry. You know, where I lived in the suburbs, I mentioned this several times before. In New Jersey, you have a duty to retreat. They claim you don't, but there's several, like, there's several uh, boxes you got to check off before you can determine whether or not you're allowed to defend yourself in your own home. That's how insane things are getting. And like I said, there will come a time when you live in one of these cities, Portland, Seattle, or New York or Chicago, and the mob will show up to your home, sometimes maybe even for it's the wrong house. In San Francisco, there's a lawsuit happening because apparently some Black Lives Matter group made up that some some realtor was posting racist things. And the woman was like, what? I don't even know what you're talking about. And she's suing it out for defamation. But those lies will get people to show up to your home and threaten you. And then what do you think is going to happen when there's 50 people armed outside your house screaming, threatening you? Who do you think the cops will arrest? Do you think the cops will come in and be like, we got to arrest all of these 50 people? Or do you think they're going to be like, yeah, arrest the one guy in his home. We've already seen what happens when a large group of Black Lives Matter people were, were protesting in front of a man's house. He did brandish a shotgun, which he should not have done. 
And like, I mean, actually pointed it at him. And there's arguments about whether he should or shouldn't have done that in the first place. I mean, they're they're outside his property threatening him and he's on his property with a weapon. Well, the cops arrested him. This is in Wisconsin. I don't know what the rules are in Wisconsin about defending yourself on your own property. But out in West Virginia, you can actually, I'm pretty sure, I don't take legal, it's not legal advice or anything, but I'm pretty sure I read that you can actually use lethal force to stop someone from entering your property, which is pretty crazy. In New Jersey, if someone breaks into your house and you can walk out the back door and leave, you have to. Even if that means they're going to ransack your property, steal your guns, and you're out in your underwear in the middle of an alley. If you decide to stay in your house, arguing that it was not safe for me to flee, so I must stay in my home, you'll then have to justify it after you're arrested and charged with the shooting of whoever broke into your house. Do you want to live in a place like that? I know I don't. I already had someone try to break into my house and they, and they said, yeah, you should get a gun. And then I looked it up and I was like, are you nuts? You know what happens if someone breaks into my house and I don't flee? I get to go to prison? Screw that. I'm out. No. So now, now I'm in an area uh, where I have those rights. But this is what I'm worried about. What's going to happen? The left has been escalating. They keep doing these things. Seemingly nothing happens. Oh, but hold on. Hold on. We do have one story. 19-year-old accused of setting fire to Portland Police Union building now faces federal arson charge. Okay. All right. Well, I guess if you attack the cops, you'll actually get charged. But if you're a regular person, the police will not hesitate to arrest you and make you the villain. Now, I don't necessarily want to use the RT source, but let me read to you what the police have, have said happened. Confrontations between people in a crowd blocking traffic and motorists, those uh, and motorists, those streets. What? They say on May 5th at about 12, 12 p.m., Portland police were dispatched, uh, were dispatched the report. I mean, wow, who wrote this? Of a pedestrian struck by a car near North Interstate Avenue. As officers arrived, they did not find any pedestrians who claimed to have been struck. The large group had moved away, still walking in nearby streets, some openly carrying firearms. Now, you're allowed to do that. 100% you're allowed to do that. Officers remained in the area searching for anyone who may have been injured and to collect evidence and information. Additional calls came in from people who had been driving vehicles in the area who were blocked by the crowd in the street. One person said people in the crowd broke out their vehicle windows, damaged tires, and sprayed them with some kind of irritant near North Interstate Avenue and North Killingsworth Street. A person in another vehicle blocked by the crowd near North Alberta Street and North Michigan Avenue got into a dispute with people who surrounded him and took a firearm from him as well as tools and keys. Portland police attempted to collect as many statements as possible from those involved. Officers will document as much of the incident as witnesses share and will attempt to gather available evidence, including video, for follow-up on any criminal allegations. No, I'll tell you what's going to happen. The police may end up arresting these people. I really doubt it. The district attorney will just let them go. We've already seen um, the majority of the extremists who were arrested last year had their charges completely dropped. Now, for those that actually attacked the police buildings, they're the ones that are actually going to face charges. They say one person was transported by ambulance to the hospital following one of the altercations. They want to mention if anybody has any tips, there's a, there's a reward. I, I, I'm just going to say it right now, man. If you still live in Portland, you are insane. I don't care. If it were me, I would literally just get in my car and drive. 
I know a lot of people are saying Portland's not all that bad. It's not really like that. You don't know where you will be when you're driving down the street and an armed group is blocking the, blocking the roads. It keeps happening. Okay, fine. The fire ain't that bad, you say. The fire is only in the garage. I'm in the other part of the house. I ain't got to worry about it. Well, I'll tell you this. If I was in, if I was in a big house and the garage caught fire, and it wasn't that big, but the house was burning and I know I couldn't put the fire out. We tried. It didn't work. I would use what little time to just grab a backpack or something. You know, they say you're not supposed to do this. It depends. OK, if I knew the fire was spreading, I'd make sure everybody was safe. I'd get I'd, everybody got get out. Get out. There's a fire. It's coming. I'd grab a backpack, maybe some shoes. You really want shoes are important. And then I, you know, do what I can without risking my safety. And then I'd get out. And then you hope that eventually the fire gets put out, but it very, very well may engulf your entire home. Right now, there are people staying in Portland as this keeps happening. I really thought it was going to be right wing groups, you know, doing patrols. It's left wing groups. I shouldn't be surprised. To be fair, I thought it was going to be right wing groups in like smaller towns, but I guess they don't have to deal with this for the most part. The feds will have no problem coming to Alaska and arresting a woman or raiding a woman's home because some airline accused her of doing something she didn't do. Regular people will sit back and do nothing about it. And the far left will continue to escalate their tactics and they will not be stopped. I have to wonder if the people in law enforcement, so long as these extremists aren't attacking their buildings, want them to do it. What are you going to do about it? You see what Joe Biden's pushing? I mean, it's I wouldn't call it necessarily far left, but it's like a left authoritarian push. And people say it's not really left. Well, OK, fine. Maybe it's like centrist authoritarian because they certainly don't want a total command economy, but they're certainly not, you know, capitalists or, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It's just about authoritarianism and its expansion. You will be in your city. For those of you who live in these areas, and the police will not be able to stop the armed groups that are marching around doing these things. Now, they're allowed to have guns, but they're not allowed to block the road, smash out windows and attack people. But that's what they're doing. They smashed out car windows and sprayed people. Why? They were blocking the street. It's their street, I guess. Antifa, these far leftists, have more control over the streets of Portland than the police do. It's true because the police can't seem to stop them and they do whatever they want. Police actually have some constraint. The cops are constrained by the government. Antifa's not. The ones who attack the police and the government, sure. But the ones who are attacking regular people are essentially given, being given carte blanche. So now you will be in Portland. You will be in uh, like, like this guy in Austin, a dude with a rifle in, in one of these you know, extremist groups walks up to a car and the guy in the car shoots him. It will. It's only a matter of time before it comes to your city. If you want to stick around and wait to see what happens, you know, all right, you're free to do so. I got no beef if you know what you're getting yourself into and you choose to do it. All right. So if you're living in Portland and you're a cop or you're a regular person, if you're a cop still working on the force and you're like, no, I want to be here. It's like, OK, I respect your decision to stand in a burning building. I got no issue with that. I believe people should be able to choose to do what they want to do. But you're not going to get any help from me or sympathy when you then start screaming, help, help. The building's on fire, just like Antifa, when they go around doing this insanity, protesting cops and smashing windows. And then as soon as they get confronted and they're in the weakened position, they say, help, help, call 911. That's what we're seeing in Seattle. People hanging out in the Chaz and some guy died. He got shot and killed. And the paramedics and the police could not get in because, well, it was an autonomous zone with armed guards. Now the city's being sued for not going in anyway. You can't win. If you want to live this way, it's entirely up to you. But the escalation doesn't stop here. 
There's a really, really creepy story coming out due to January 6th. Check out this story. This is from the Daily Mail. They say, Utah man accused of assaulting cops at Capitol Siege tells judge to come F with me during Zoom call. As the FBI say, they are still looking for the worst of the rioters, despite 440 being charged. Here's what the the law enforcement is doing. Here's what cops will be doing. I assure you the police will do everything in their power to assist the feds as they go after random people who were just in D.C. at the time on January 6th. This woman in Alaska had her door kicked in. Apparently, they searched her home. She didn't even go in the building. They found photos of another woman who was like another middle-aged woman wearing different clothes. And they're like, that must be her because someone called in and said it was. It wasn't. At least it appears the photos. It would be really ridiculous if the woman changed her clothes and then went into the building. I don't think so. The feds, the police, they will come and arrest you. You know, that we had that woman in, um, was it Albert Lee is the name of the place? It's south of Minneapolis. And she wanted to sell coffee and wine. Sorry, that's a violation of the COVID lockdown. So they came and they arrested her. Meanwhile, the far leftists are escalating in their tactics and doing crazy things. Now I want to show you the scariest thing about this. Actually, I don't think I can show you. I'll just tell you. This guy, Landon Kenneth Copeland. Let me let me let me read some of what you said to give you context. They say Landon Kenneth Copeland, 33, invited his mother and several of his friends to view his court hearing before his repeated bizarre outbursts. Bizarre isn't the appropriate word. The right word might be extreme, but they say a bewildered court administrator continually tried to mute his microphone before his hearing even began. Copeland was seen shouting and interrupting while others accused uh, other accused riders appeared before the judge. Copeland's hearing comes as the FBI said they are still after the worst of the worst four months into the investigation and prosecution of alleged rioters. More than 440 people, including Copeland, have been charged with taking part in the violence. Nearly 90 percent of the alleged capital rioters were arrested in part because of photos and videos they posted to their own social media accounts. Copeland himself made comments on Facebook as recently as April 28th, in which he allegedly urged others to return to the Capitol with guns. And there it is. In a Facebook post, he said, that, man, I got to be careful here because this is, this is where things are getting crazy. He said the next time they show up, once, you know, once they can, they're going to have guns. And I don't think he's wrong. I don't think it will be him, though. I think he'll be in prison. But there's a lot of other people who didn't go to D.C. There's a lot of people who are on edge, ready to explode. I don't know. Look, Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. You've got, there's that old uh, trope about, you know, the guy sitting at the bar and he won't say anything. He's minding his own business. And then, you know, so you got some, you know, braggart guy just talking big and talking smack. And the guy tries to leave. 
And they say, don't mess with the quiet ones. And then the, the quiet guy ends up beating the crap out of the dude who's instigating. It's like, leave, let, let sleeping dogs lie is the old saying. But the government isn't doing that. The government, uh, uh, various functions of it, and you know, state police, local police. What do we see in New York? Bill de Blasio illegally paints a giant Black Lives Matter mural, a, a communist political slogan. And I'm not exaggerating when I say communist, that the founders say they are Marxists, they are communists. They use the, the red salute. It's a communist symbol. He takes public money to paint it. He then gets 27 police officers to lick his feet groveling like little losers and defend it, defend the corruption. State police then come down and block off a, a guy's bar in Staten Island because he was serving drinks for free, mind you, because of lockdowns. The police and the government are not working for you anymore. Now, the cops might be like, dude, I'm just enforcing the law. It's like, yeah, the law of corrupt Democrats who are stealing money and, and who are, 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 man, destroying the foundations of this country. I'll put it that way. I won't get into crazy specifics. But they continually do it, and they're only able to do it because law enforcement protect them. That's a fact. Imagine what would happen to these district attorneys if the cops said we're no longer going to respond. And it's starting to happen. You know, it's funny because the left keeps saying abolish the police. I don't think they realize what will happen when the sleeping dogs are forced to wake up. What's scary here with this Utah man is he's saying he wants people to go back to the Capitol. And he said it's going to end with the government going after uh, killing its own people. That's what he said. This rhetoric is some of the most extreme I've seen from someone on the right. And I don't know, ever. Of course, the left will argue that some of these extremists, you know, mass tragic events were right wing. But like lone wolf lunatics is not what I'm worried about. They're crazy. Crazy people do crazy things. You know, we had an Antifa guy go and shoot up a bar as well. We had the Antifa guy go and shoot, you know, uh, some politicians. I'll admit, though, I think it's fair to say that there are more right wing driven people who go nuts. But in terms of organized conservatives, in terms of actual protests where you'll see Trump supporters and hundreds of regular people, we don't hear this kind of rhetoric. And we're starting to now. And this is where I think, you know, this I, I would say I kind of predicted. Now, this is where it gets freaky. The left is going to keep doing what they're doing. The police are going to keep arresting people and the DAs will make sure it's only the right wing that gets sent to prison. The right is then going to keep cheering on the police. Okay. So people say like, Tim, why don't you stay where you lived and, you know, vote and, and fight back in the political system to, to repair things? I'll tell you why. Because I'm watching the police target small businesses. I'm watching the police go after regular working class people. I'm watching the police let the far left do their thing. I'm watching the police be completely overwhelmed by far left extremists and the district attorneys doing nothing to stop these rioters and these terrorists. And then you expect me to stay in the city thinking that any one of these conservatives or cops would have my back? I'm sorry. If you think that's true, you are wrong. I don't think so. In some areas, but you need to have a community and you need to be responsible for yourself. And that's what I decided. You know, I lived in this area. I cast my ballot. I watched how everyone voted and then said, all right, that's it. It's official. We're, we're not, we're not going to head back into that area. We had gotten away from the city for the, you know, the duration of the election for the most part. And then upon seeing the results, I'm like, situation's clear. People want the, the, the defunding of police 
And while they're doing that, the cops will still gleefully arrest you if you try to defend yourself. What am I supposed to do in New Jersey, in the Philadelphia suburbs on the other side of the river, where I have people threatening my life, people trying to break into my home, and I am told in no uncertain terms, the police officers with a smile on their face will arrest me if I try to defend myself in my own home. Now, why would the cops do that? I don't know. Maybe they just don't care. So I'm sick of hearing these conservatives defending the police where for over the last year we have seen exactly what's going on. Now, now, mind you, I do think we need law enforcement. Absolutely. I think cops should be more discerning in what they do. And often they are. I'm not saying they aren't. The problem is if you think that any one of these cops would protect your rights, you are wrong. We saw what or actually not even that. Attila's gym in, in, in New Jersey, only a few miles from where I lived, when they opened up in defiance of the lockdown, the police first came out and said, have a nice day. They refused to enforce any kind of restrictions and everyone cheered. So they brought in outside city cops, a, another department who, with a smile on their face, even arrested people and locked the building down. Really creepy things happened when police blocked off an alley and then all of a sudden the gym flooded. What happens to Antifa? Nothing. The Proud Boys in New York were having an an event. Gavin McInnes was speaking at at the Republican Club or whatever. Hundreds, maybe even a thousand uh, far leftists are scattered around the building. As the Proud Boys were trying to leave, every, you know, they would walk down a street and there would be Antifa goading them and yelling at them. And so many of these people would turn and try and find different ways to get away from this building. One guy actually got robbed. Antifa stole his backpack. I believe the, the, the thieves were caught. And the the guy may have got his backpack back. I'm not sure. In one instance, Proud Boys said, all right, here we go. And they ran full speed charging at Antifa. The fight broke out and obviously Antifa lost. The cops took a statement and the Proud Boys with smiles on their faces said, thank you, officer, and told them everything that happened. And the cops with a smile on their face said, you guys are now under arrest, under arrest for felony charges. Those Proud Boys are now in prison. The Antifa people, we don't know where they are. They said, we're not going to cooperate. And they left. The police may be neutral arbiters of the law. But if you keep playing this game, conservatives, if it's 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 the house always wins. You think that you're placing a bet and and, and you're going to win big. You're going to put one hundred dollars down on the pass line and think that you're going to come out and come out on top. The house always wins. Some people might win. But I'll tell you one thing. Antifa, they're they're gaming the system. They know the rules. They're counting cards. You're playing blackjack against, you know, and thinking that I'm going to win big. But the house, hey, we're neutral arbiters of the rules. But for some reason, Antifa keeps coming up. They keep coming up. They keep getting more press. They keep getting more access. They keep doing things like this. Nothing changes. See, they're counting cards. They're manipulating the system. And the, 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 the dealer, a.k.a. the police, is just like, hey, hey, don't look at me. I'm neutral. Sorry, you lose again. Sorry, you lose again. But they keep winning. And nothing's going to And then you know what happens? The funny part is the proud boy sitting at that table, the conservative sitting at the table says, OK, I'm going to start counting cards and go, hey, 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 don't you do that. We'll kick you out. But Antifa's counting cards. Yeah, well, you know, so keep supporting it. That's why I got out of the city. If the left wants the police gone and they're the ones threatening me and the right says we support the police and the police tell me I'm not allowed to defend myself, I'm like, all right, screw y'all. I'm out. I don't know about the rest of you, but living in a big blue urban center doesn't sound like a good idea to me. 
I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you then. The four police officers involved in the killing of George Floyd have now been indicted by a federal grand jury. And whether or not the grand jury actually indicted, it was always the plan to make sure that these people suffer the worst possible outcome. They aren't just getting the book thrown at them. They are getting the entire library. They are now facing state charges, Chauvin already convicted, and now they are facing federal charges. I'll tell you what's really creepy about this. Regardless of whether or not the federal grand jury was going to indict, the feds had a secret plan to arrest Chauvin if he was acquitted. That means whether they thought he was guilty of a crime or not, or should be punished, they were going to lock him up. They were going to file a criminal complaint, which would allow them to avoid a grand jury, which means it's all for show. They know that they're going to arrest him no matter what. And they're putting on a show for us to make us believe that justice still exists in this country. Now, I want to explain something very simply. Most of you probably already understand reasonable doubt, the standard by which people are put in prison. We always we were supposed to err on the side of keeping people out of jail. And that includes people we, we might not like or people we think actually committed a crime. It includes someone who may be accused of being a gang member or a drug dealer. It's supposed to be difficult to lock them up. Unfortunately for us right now, it seems to be extremely easy for regular people to get fined and locked up for, say, trying to run a business. The far left has no problem. Just re- just just a couple days ago, armed groups blocking streets, smashing the windows out of vehicles, spraying the drivers. Guys walking around with rifles doing this. Seemingly no problem. Police officers stopping a man who used a counterfeit 20 who was in the middle of a drug deal, according to even the prosecution's own witnesses, stopping him and then the man dying. And you understand the whole circumstances there. And the officers are now facing state level charges and federal charges. I've been saying for how long that if you are if you are remaining a cop in these blue cities and I, I got to be honest, if you're remaining a cop at all, wow. Don't be don't expect me to come to your defense. And I, I, I get a, I get a lot of positive messages from police officers who say, you know, it's bad. They're resigning. I respect the officers who leave. The problem right now, as I've stated before, and then we'll read the story is just this. If a cop is going to arrest two people and one person's on the left and one person's on the right, you know, at this point, there is a tendency for the D.A. to go after the person on the right and not the left. That's police enforcing this. Meanwhile, the cops themselves are getting locked up. That's what I can't imagine. It's like, dude, not only are you arresting small business owners, you're arresting yourselves. Okay, fine, whatever. Get away from these cities, man, because it's probably just going to get worse. I mean, we're seeing here that there is no justice in the system anymore. It is just political power. Here's the story from CNBC. They say a federal grand jury has indicted Derek Chauvin and three other former Minneapolis police officers for violating the civil rights of George Floyd. And we know the story of George Floyd. Chauvin separately was charged in another federal indictment with violating the civil rights of a 14 year old Minneapolis boy during a September 2017 arrest by holding the boy by the neck and hitting him multiple times in the head with a flashlight without legal justification. That sounds awful. I'd like to see what happens in that case, because if he did, he should, you know, he should get in trouble. He should be held accountable is a better way to put it. Now, the left is going to tell you that this is justice. They're going to say, see, it's equity in action. These these criminal cops are being arrested and now they're going to get locked up. 
And these poor individuals are being released. And they're going to say, Tim, shouldn't you support more libertarianism? The government should not be arresting these people. Didn't you just say it should be hard to convict them? Yes, absolutely. The only problem is it's apparently not hard to convict someone on the right. Apparently, you can have a Republican gunned down at a baseball game and it's not mainstream news. Apparently, there is a double standard by which we are not getting an understanding of the rules. What should I expect? What should I be prepared for? What is right and wrong? Apparently, I, I, I honestly can't tell you. And I mean that. Why? I don't know, because Antifa goes around smashing up stores in the Pacific Northwest and their charges are dropped. And some lady sells coffee at her coffee bar and she gets arrested on like nine criminal charges. What is right and what is wrong? Apparently, I guess, according to the news and what we're seeing, maybe these Antifa can now go out and claim, well, on the TV, they said it was just peaceful protest when they when all those fires were lit. So I didn't know right from wrong. Apparently, that's the case. So should I err on the side of libertarianism? Yes, to, to an extent, it is a good thing when officers violate someone's constitutional rights and they get held accountable. The problem is I don't believe that's what's happening. I think what's happening is that the cult has gained enough power within the federal government to now exert their will on the system. And conservatives are too busy cheering for the system to realize what's happening. And it's funny because the end of people are screaming in your faces. These cops are, are, are violating people's rights and it's unjust. And what they're screaming is in reference to things that aren't unjust, for the most part. On the right, however, they're still convinced the cops are doing a good job and should be defended and protected. Not every single cop, uh, not every single conservative, mind you, for sure. There's a lot of people on the right who are ready, just now they're ready for some kind of crazy. But I'll tell you this, if you support this system that is being now propped up by the bad cops, you as a regular American, are more likely to go to jail. I know I've said it 50 million times, so, but let's read more. They say the new criminal charges revealed Friday come nearly three weeks after Chauvin was convicted. This we understand. The federal indictment accuses Chauvin, who held his knee on or, or around. You see, how, you see where we're going now. On or around the neck of Floyd. Uh, accuse him of killing him. It also accuses two of Chauvin's fellow cops, To Thao and J. Alexander Kung, of willfully failing to intervene to stop Chauvin from using unreasonable force, a failure that also led to Floyd's death. All three ex-officers, along with the fourth, Thomas Lane, are accused of letting Floyd die by willfully failing to aid him when they saw Floyd lying on the ground in clear need of medical care. Well, hindsight is twenty twenty. These cops were rookies. I think like what, two of them were rookies? One of them was like the third call they'd ever gone out on. All right. If you want to stay a cop in these, in these places, I mean, if you want to stay a cop in general, you see what's happening. Maybe it's time you get back to your community, you leave these departments, and you create a neighborhood watch. Or, I don't know, local militias. What's the legality around that? Abolish the police, bring back local militias. The left likes to claim that police departments are the remnants of slave patrols. That is a lie. They're lying because they want to, re they, they want to, to revise history to gain political power. Before there were police departments— it was just local militias. And there are problems with that because it's an informal justice system. What if someone's accused and they just say, we don't care, you were accused, you know? So we set standards, we had courts, we did. And people would still face, you know, courts and justice. And I think police departments were a good step, a good step forward. I, I, I do. Because the idea is that they're uninvolved in the conflict. If you have someone steal from a store and then some guy says, hey, that guy stole from my store. 
And everyone's like, we don't know what happened. What do you do? Well, often people would just get beaten up and they'd be they'd be accused and they would just be mob justice. We don't like that. We don't like mob justice. We saw it even going back into the, you know, the early of the 19, uh, early 1900s. So the police step in and the police are going to be like, I don't know. I don't care. We're going to arrest you and we'll figure it out later. Now, here's the problem. It's still sort of true. But the district attorneys are now propped up by far left money. The conservatives and regular people have ignored this this area of the of the culture war. And now when the cop says, listen, I don't care and arrests you, the DA is likely going to lock you up if you're anything but a leftist. They say they say in the in the separate federal indictment related to the arrest of the 14 year old, Chauvin likewise is accused of holding his knee on the neck of the or upper back of the boy, even after the teen was lying prone, handcuffed and unresisting. This offense resulted in bodily injury to the boy. Chauvin, whose actions against the boy were caught on camera, was responding to a call by a woman who said that her son and daughter had assaulted her. The Minneapolis Star Tribune newspaper had reported. The Star Tribune also reported that Chauvin struck the boy in the head with his flashlight after the boy refused to get up off the floor. Doesn't sound like a good situation. So by all means, we'll have a trial. But I think when you look at the trial, the prosecution's own witness, you know, my position has been made clear for those that haven't seen any of those segments. The prosecution's own witness said that Chauvin used a lesser force option against George Floyd. But it doesn't matter. The federal grand jury has indicted these cops. Don't be surprised now if you're a cop and you respond to a call, you will go to prison. I love it. The Micaiah Bryant story. They're like, why did the cop just shoot the knife out of her hand? Amazing. These people think that like, they think that when you fire a gun, it's just like telekinesis and you just decide it's going to go in the right place. They don't know what accuracy is. Yeah, it, it, you can't do that. They think you can. Now, in a strange, we're, we're in a segue. In a, in a, so, so this, is the, this is the bad news for the cops. We have an interesting story uh, moving forward where I wouldn't call it good or bad, just an interesting development. And then we have an actual good story. Good for cops. So we'll get to that one. Atlanta board reinstates Garrett Rolfe, fired officer who shot Rayshard Brooks. The Atlanta Civil Service Board released the decision on Wednesday. He's still charged with murder because a drunk driver was attacking cops, fleeing, and then turned to fire a a taser at the officer who then returned, fired, to defend himself. He's facing murder charges for this, but he got his job back and now he's on administrative leave. They couldn't fire him without due process. Here's what they say from 11, 11 Alive. Garrett Rolfe, the fired Atlanta police officer who shot and killed Rayshard Brooks in a Wendy's parking lot, has been reinstated by the Atlanta Civil Service Board. They released a decision Wednesday stating, due to the city's failure to comply with several provisions of the code and the information received during witness testimony, the board concludes the appellant was not afforded his right to due process. Therefore, the board grants the appeal of Garrett Rolfe and revokes his his dismissal as an employee of the APD. Maybe this is about a pension or retirement or something. Maybe he really wants his job back. But I, I just got to say, outside of this, there's, there's like a lot of, lot of legal reasons. You would have to be, in my opinion, insane to want to be a cop in Atlanta or Minneapolis right now. I mean, or Portland or Seattle. You'd have to be insane. Sorry, I don't want to hear it. People saying, no, they want to do good in their communities. They want to, no, uh, 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 sorry, I don't want to hear it. No, you got to be nuts. You got to be nuts. This Atlanta situation is a dude sleeping in his car, drunk, blocking a drive through. And the cops very politely were like, let's go. He fights them, gives one dude a concussion, takes the cop's taser, runs, turns to shoot him with it. And the cop defends himself with what weapon he had left. And now he's being charged with murder. And he's like, I want my job back. Dude, 
You know, I don't know, man. Uh, our culture is, uh, is our society is, is on fire. The justice system is completely broken. But hey, you know, maybe it's about his pension, whatever. They say Rolf, who still faces murder charges in the killing of Brooks that are currently stuck in a kind of legal limbo, sought last month to have his firing reversed in a hearing before the board. That same board reinstated Atlanta investigators Ivory Streeter and Mark Gardner, who were fired over the tasing of college students uh, during protests last summer. The board hears the appeals of firings and other employment actions taken against public city employees. A city of Atlanta statement said Rolf would be placed on administrative leave until his criminal charges are resolved. So I guess he's going to start getting paid again. They didn't say unpaid. In an afternoon press conference, those attorneys, L. Chris Stewart, who was part of the legal team representing George Floyd's, uh, George Floyd's family in Minnesota, and Justice, Justin Miller, excuse me, placed the blame on the city for the outcome saying they rushed the process to pacify protesters and in so doing subverted real justice. The attorney said the case was not taken seriously by city leaders and that there was a pattern of being ignored in their efforts to resolve a civil case against the city. They said because of the lack of cooperation, they would now be filing a lawsuit against Atlanta. The lawyer said they expected the city to try and reinitiate firing Rolf, this time following proper protocols. The city statement did not indicate whether or not that would happen. There was a protest. It was really small. I don't think it really mattered. All the much was like 10 people. Statement said, in light of the CSB's ruling, APD will conduct an assessment to determine if additional investigative actions are needed. Given the volatile state of our city and nation last summer, the decision to terminate this officer after he fatally shot Mr. Brooks in the back was the right thing to do. I love how they say that. What they don't point out is that he was turning like this. You can look over your shoulder and fire and then someone could defend themselves. You get hit in the back. It happens. They say, had immediate action not been taken, I firmly believe that the public safety crisis we experienced during that time would have been significantly worse. They straight up admit it. We only fired him because of terrorism. You know what, man? I just wish people would take responsibility for themselves. I really, really do. I wish people in these cities would be like, I'm going to leave. You live in a, it's, it's, it's a combination of things. You know, I, I understand wanting to fight to change. You have these elections. Okay, maybe there's, there's more elections coming up soon. There, a lot of these states are passing these anti-riot laws. But after the November election, I was like, you can see these people craved. They just desperately wanted defunding of the police and the far left. And it's really funny when people I know who, you know, voted for Joe Biden, you know, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be talking about the economy in the next segment. For those on the podcast, you already heard it. It's funny when I had these people being like, please, I need help. I'm in trouble. And I'm like, dude, you voted for this. You voted for the crumbling of the economy. You know what? Yeah, great. And unfortunately for those who are principled, we still help those in need. We still defend the free speech of the far left. We still call for justice when we see something that appears to be a police unaccountability. And then we keep getting manipulated. They keep taking advantage of our goodwill. Well, it's not all bad news. Check out this story from the Daily Mail. Idaho Marshall's deputy who mocked LeBron James, your next tweet, gets a book deal and is now back at work after being placed on leave. There you go. Remember this video? So LeBron James said, you're next and posted a photo of this cop. And so this other cop, this is uh, Sylvester in Idaho, made this really funny video where he's like, oh, two guys are knife fighting. I bet can you, and he calls his dispatcher. Can, can you get LeBron on the phone? I need, I need his advice. He needs to tell me what to do. And he's like, what, what should I do? They're fighting. It was a really, really good bit. They went after him for it. He got placed on leave. He was suspended. 
And then he ended up raising, I think, half a million dollars on GoFundMe, all because he mocked LeBron James and I was a book deal. We live in a broken and crumbling social structure. Now, look, it may be good news that this guy who was making a joke is rewarded for it instead of punished. It's the inversion of cancel culture. So I'm happy that something good is happening for this guy. But think about how stupid our economy is right now. How many people are making money from like the stupidest things? Like it's, it's people just giving each other money on culture war issues. I, go funding me accounts pop up and they're like, I got kicked out of school because I called my teacher racist. Give me $10,000 and they make a like hundred grand. Yeah. You are being granted access to food and technology and luxury and infinity pools and whatever you want to buy with it because you said something one time. How is an economy supposed to function in this way, right? At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is some kind of strange cold civil war. The economy is supposed to be like, hey, I like that you uh, you made a birdhouse. I'd like to buy that birdhouse. Here's 20 bucks. Thanks for the birdhouse. And then you hang up the birdhouse and then birds live in it and it's a decoration you enjoy. Or you're like, I need someone to shovel uh, rocks. And you, here's 20 bucks. Shovel the rocks. Now it's like, I've got money and I'm going to give it to you because you said words on the internet that were like funny or offensive or something. People are literally getting access to resources by nature of just being actively involved in the culture war. People are flooding the zone with money for those that they are helping them or agreeing with them. And it's a really weird thing. And don't get me wrong. I understand uh, uh, that a lot of people donate or are members of TimCast.com because of, you know, I'm active in the culture war. I totally get it. But like, that's my job, right? I, I do cultural commentary and political commentary. There are people who like, you know, it's like a 18 year old girl gets kicked out of her apartment because she called, you know, some guy racist or whatever. And then she ends up raising a hundred grand. So look, anyway, I digress. I'm happy to hear that this cop is now getting, I, I don't understand the book deal, right? But um, hey, good for him, right? Daily Mail reports, the Bellevue Marshal's office, the local police department, put Deputy Nate Sylvester on leave after his viral TikTok. He criticized, you know, LeBron James, we get it, yada, 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 moving forward. Uh, and then they, they tell the joke. Sylvester pauses. OK, well, come on, let's get to the let's get to the details here. The agency added the personnel issue was being dealt with internally. Bellevue Mayor Ned Burns confirmed that Sylvester will remain employed with the police department, but said his video and actions went against department policies. The cop was seen wearing his work uniform, posting videos from inside his department issued patrol car. I can understand that for sure. Yeah, I think he's going to need to do some work to regain the confidence of some members of the community. I kind of don't think that I, I think people are going to see him and they're going to high five him. They say Sylvester was placed on leave. A GoFundMe was created, which raised more than half a million dollars. Sylvester told KTVB he will donate a portion of the funds raised to the First Responders Children's Foundation and use another portion to create a scholarship. It was not immediately clear how much he plans to donate. I I mean, look, I think he should keep all of it, to be completely honest. Has a a book deal. Now, that's just amazing. I don't know what the details are on the book deal, but, uh, you know, all right, fine. Good for him. I don't know what the book will be about, maybe about being a cop. Hey, there you go. That was uh, uh, starting off with a pretty, pretty bad situation. Federal charges now. The feds are just becoming 
political tools of the Democratic Party and the woke far left. And we're watching it happen in real time. I know a lot of conservatives have, have said abolish the FBI and they don't like the, the federal agencies because of what they did to Trump. But don't assume that your cops will do anything other than follow the orders of the feds should they be given. And that's the real challenge right now. Of course, we can see at least one officer getting his job back. The, the case against Officer Rolf may be in legal limbo, and it may only exist simply because they're worried about riots. But they've said it. They said it, that they were like, if we didn't fire this guy, the riots would have been worse. They didn't say that specifically. They said that what we witnessed would have been worse. We get it. What the terrorists are doing is working. The DAs have been in, have been put in through, uh, you know, far leftist, ultra wealthy uh, money donations. And now they control the legal space. It was a, it was a very serious uh, and easy attack vector. I can't remember who we were talking to. I think it was Andrew Bronca on the IRL podcast. He said, it's only a couple thousand dollars to win one of these races to become a DA. And now you have the, you know, and now what we're seeing is far leftists going in, taking these positions and guaranteeing their people will be released on the street and nothing will be done. And they're going to keep winning because they lie. There you go. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then.